Chapter 4, Stranger in Strange Lands Young Jacob Driver passed through grand-arched gates of unearthly black stone. He entered resplendent grounds, unlike any realm he had ever trod. To all sides, sprawled wondrous evergreen academy in humbling grandeur, towers topping clouds, bridges strung gossamer thin over misty chasms, and mighty keeps carved from Scotland's ageless crags. Jake craned his neck skyward, mouth agape at the majesty surrounding him, though anxiety stirred already in his gut. What place could a scrawny, ineffectual boy from mundane Willowbend hope to find amidst living legends? But before fresh doubts might utterly overwhelm Jake, his father set a broad palm against his narrow back, propelling the uncertain child onward into whatever fate awaited. Their path led across emerald lawns where odd ghost lights danced, past courtyards where older students in flowing robes expertly traded spells beyond Jake's comprehension. Many eyed the unfamiliar visitors curiously. Whispers seemed to follow in Jake's wake. Has news spread about an unproven upstart from a backwater village joining their lofty ranks? How such rumours might madden those who no doubt descendant from bloody lines of mighty sorcerers. The granite-paved lane at last carried father and son through curtained arches into an airy circular antechamber surrounding an intricate silver mechanism that hummed with latent energy. Two figures stood conferring before the strange contraption. Still, they now turned to greet the new arrivals, an ancient, wizened woman swathed in layers of purple and crimson embroidery drapes, and a tall, broad-shouldered man with a neatly trimmed raven beard, flecked in places with snow. Ah, the heralded visitor at last, wheezed the crone, clutching an ornate staff. Do tell us your journey proved safe from unwelcome gazes. Before puzzled, Jake could respond. The elderly woman laughed with a raucity one might expect from hard-bitten sailors down at Port Inns. But where are my manners? We have not had the pleasure of formal acquaintance yet, though the woven strands of fate already show your destiny long bound to our own. The strange elder bowed slightly, then extended a liver-spotted hand toward Benjamin and Jake. Headmistress Elysia Nightingale, am I, sworn custodian of the Emerald Codex and all hidden knowledge resting within these ancient halls. Her vulpine grin widened, slitted eyes narrowing further. And seldom have I awaited any arrival with such uncommon anticipation as yours, dear boy. The stately man beside her equally gave a formal bow. Deputy Armand Garrick at your humble service he intoned in a rich baritone, neatly trimmed beard framing patrician features as he scrutinised Jake closely, as if to peel away any masks and gaze upon whatever soul lay beneath the unprepossessing exterior. Word reached our twin ears, he proclaimed in deliberate air bordering on theatrics, that a singular student bound for evergreen by the wand and will has breached veils from beyond the pale without introductions or credentials foretold. Headmistress Nightingale noticeably bristled. 
Cease vexing our pupils with pompous parlance, Armand. Did the elderly Castle Wraith cloister up in astronomy not predict the young newcomer's arrival only a week prior? There shall be enough time for unravelling the knotted weave of circumstance and ensorcelled intent soon enough. She beamed dotingly at Jake as if he were suddenly the lone voice of reason rather than an unproven country bumpkin. Suffice to say, talent seeps not merely along blood and bone in the waking realm. Harbinger signs of great destinies reveal themselves behind many masks. Chosen we, the hallowed few who glimpse the glimmering lights dancing half-hid. The enigmatic headmistress hooked elbows with both wizards with an impish grin toward bewildered Benjamin, hinting toward long-buried secrets, now perhaps rising to the surface after years obscured by still waters. She steered them toward vaulted corridors beyond and deeper into the arcane mysteries awaiting young Jacob Driver. The afternoon passed swiftly in a dizzying torrent. Headmistress Nightingale insisted on personally guiding the drivers around sprawling grounds while pelting Jake with questions about his magical upbringing near the borders of Otherworld beyond the highlands. Meanwhile, taciturn Deputy Armand lingered close yet always half-cloaked in creeping shadows, interjecting only to steer the conversation towards strange rumours of restless spirits roaming misty glens at night. Jake found no pause to process the barrage of information, much less open his mouth to respond before being shuffled to the next marvel. He was shown catacomb archives embedding Castle Bedrock, where wrinkled scholars preserved ancient scripts, then vaulted guild halls, where senior initiates prepared filters and artifacts of astonishing potency. Storied laboratories drew particular gasps as one sheepish research assistant apologised profusely for a recent mishap that temporarily merged several freshmen with their familiars during a botched transmutation effort. Jake hung slightly back as Benjamin matched Alicia's booming enthusiasm, feeling bewildered and painfully self-conscious. Indeed, these were not his people or natural home. When at last he could stand the masquerade no more, Jake stammered excuses about unpacking in dormitory lodgings and slipped behind a curious tapestry woven with scenes from the founding of Evergreen two millennia prior. Wandering blindly up darkling steps beyond, Jake soon collapsed onto a broad stone balustrade overlooking the vast forbidden forest stretching to distant purpled ridges. The silence and solitude proved a soothing balm on his battered psyche. Yet scarcely had his pulse ceased racing when soft footfalls sounded from a hidden passage behind, followed by not unkindly words in smooth, practiced timbre of authority. Mind if I join you a moment, young sir? The deputy headmaster can offer safe counsel if current matters weigh heavy on your brow so early during this monumental transition. Jake turned warily to glimpse the shadowed form of Armand Garrick leaning almost languidly against a nearby arch, as though he had been expecting to cross paths again with his quarry all along. As the academic moved closer through stray flecks of moonlight now breaking high overhead, 
his angular features were visible beneath the silver-streaked ebon hair. Torch flames instinctively flicker and dance higher nearby, despite no breath of wind stirring. I understand well what it means to stand separate from common folk by gifts, oft deemed curses. Armand's piercing eyes became distant, clouded by ghosts of memory. The first steps down the thornier passages of developing talent exact no small toll, while the uninitiated whisper falsehoods behind your back. Jake could no longer withhold the fears clamouring for voice since he first glimpsed historic evergreen unfurl before him. Was it truly not some error that brought me here from Willowbend instead of someone far more practised in magic, Professor? All I've shown skill for so far could scarcely fill a thimble. Armand edged nearer still, his presence carrying subtle weight. Perhaps reasons exist beyond the veil of our present sight, why this castle's many weavings called your name, my young sophomore. But fret not if burdens of uncertainty lay heavy. In time, and with proper discernment of underlying truth, all that seems opaque or perplexing inevitably finds full illumination. With that, the runic mage pressed an ornately etched gold amulet into Jake's palm and strode off without further word into the shadowed byways, branching deeper into the school's occulted heart. Alone once more, Jake peered at the after-image of his unlikely counsellor until distance and darkness erased the last imprints. Only then did the exhausted youth finally commit to locating dorm quarters for a few scant hours of rest before his life's strange new season formally commenced on the morrow.